Hello and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers Podcast. We're your happy hosts, Amy and Madeline, best friends who work hard and hustle harder. We believe to be happy and healthy in your work, you need to be happy and healthy in your life. We combine health, well-being and business with a fresh perspective to share the stories of normal people with inspiring lives. From leading entrepreneurs to athletes, models and artists, Together, we delve deep into their journey to success to find out why health and well-being is at the core of their philosophy. Whether you're looking for advice and guidance for leading your best life, an engaging, easy-to-digest pep talk, or a boost of healthy enthusiasm to fuel your health and wellness goals, the Healthy Hustlers podcast is your go-to for kicking ass in work and play. Ever wondered what it was like to have a dream career in high school? and then be living it a few years later? Well, you're about to find out as we chat to the incredibly beautiful and absolutely hilarious Liv Filand. Raised in Melbourne and currently residing in Beachside Bondi, this happy, energetic babe is someone you instantly want to make your best friend forever. Wise beyond her years, Liv is best known for her role as kids TV presenter on ABC3 and in more recent years, The Loop on Channel 11. But it doesn't stop there. This beautiful soul has also turned her passion for supporting young girls into action after co-founding Girls Who Glow, an initiative that fosters an empowering environment for teenage girls to realise their full potential. Funny, kind and a heart of pure gold, Liv Filand is the type of person the world needs more of. Warmly welcoming us into her beautiful and bright Bondi apartment, we sit down and chat about always staying true to yourself, the importance of balance and daily rituals, and how to create a community that positively supports others' mental well-being. Hi Liv and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to have you here. Let's kick off by hearing about your happy place. Where do you go to unwind and reconnect? Firstly, hi guys. So excited. (laughs) Wish you could see my face. There's a lot of emotions going on. Okay, first question, my happy place. I'm sure a lot of people have this answer and it might sound a little bit cliche, but it's just the ocean. It honestly, I've randomly been thinking about it the last few days. I was like, the ocean's like my best friend. It's so funny. Like I, I just run down there every morning. If I'm having a bad day, I'm like, get in the ocean, live. doesn't matter if it's six degrees, but I don't know. It just is so calming and therapeutic and it just can refresh you, calm you down. It just changes the whole whole dynamic of your day. Awesome. I love that. I, whenever anyone mentions the ocean or the water, I always say this, but I um, grew up at the beach, so I can totally relate to that. There's something very calming about it. And over Christmas, I actually tried to get in the ocean every single day and I just felt amazing from it. So I'm very jealous of you because I don't get to do that in Melbourne. I know. As soon as, well, I moved from Melbourne to Sydney and when people were like, Melbourne or Sydney, I'm like, Melbourne, amazing, great city. But I can't appreciate it enough because I'm a beach girl. And so for living in Sydney, it's just part of my morning routine. And if I've had a bad day, I just run home and I just run straight into the ocean. Like, I'm just so grateful for it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm jealous of you for it. <laughs> no, yeah, in a good way. <laughs> Thanks. Got a free room at the <laughs> now, can you take us all the way back to your childhood and give us a sneak peek into little Olivia growing up? Little Liv. Okay. I'm, I'm a country girl, which I feel like I need to mention. I grew up in Wagga 
and that's where I kind of call home. That's where all my family's from. And I then start, when I started school, so when I was five, we moved to a place called Holbrook. Now, if you guys don't know where Holbrook is, if you've ever driven from Melbourne to Sydney, there's a place in the middle that has a giant submarine in the middle of the town. Okay, do you guys know it? No. Do you know what? <laughs> I, I'm sure I would have been there. I've done that trip many times. Okay, so you have to go through Holbrook. And it's tiny. So there's just like a little school, a bakery, a couple of pubs. And a submarine. And so I started school there and it was so small that there's just one, there was one other girl in my year level. But, you know, then then through high school, I, I moved to Melbourne and went to a big, big school there. And, you know, I always look back at my childhood and I'm just so extremely grateful that I've kind of seen both of these worlds. I've grown up in the country where everything is done as a community and I don't know, I I. I would love to raise kids in the country because for me, I just have the most beautiful memories of like on a Friday night, everybody goes to the local pool and you have a competition, you have a sausage sizzle and it's just the, I just can't explain how excited I would get about that. And now I look back and I'm like, that was such a little thing. But for me, it was just the biggest event of the week. Every week I got to, I got to live that, you know, the netball football club, that was the whole town was involved and so you would go to training and then you would have you know dinner with everybody in the town and then you would go to somebody's house and so for me I think my childhood really I I connect to the country and also I don't know I just it was really special that everything was done you know as a community which I think is something that I miss but I, I always make sure that I go back to the country really often, whether it be running away camping for the weekend or going back home to visit family. So little Liv, yeah, was just involved in every sport you can imagine and just running around the country. <laughs> Listening to you talk about your childhood brought back so many memories because I had a very similar childhood yeah. where I, yeah, the, the football club and the netball club was the... Life. Yeah, it was the life of the community and everybody was a part of that and I also was lucky enough to go to boarding school in Melbourne so I was able to witness which we've just worked yes, out we're at the, the same school. bloody school <laughs> country is, girls ended up at the same school yes I, love that. I feel like we'll be best friends after this oh my gosh I can't wait sleep over the club <laughs> um but do you know what you know how you're saying that the football netball club sort of thing and sometimes you know I continue to play netball in Melbourne and in, in those leagues and stuff like that but something for me, and I'm introduced soon, is that I work in TV. But as soon as I started in TV, I made such an effort that I still actually travelled back and forth to the country to play in that league, the netball, for 13 years. Because for me, it was, I think it's so important to, especially when I'm doing a job that is very, like, sometimes self-indulgent and, you know, it's very focused on just me and, you know, the camera's on me and the lights are on me and I just really wanted to, one, stay grounded, stay true to my, my roots and where I come from and also to be part of a team and to be part of a community and to go to functions after a footy game and so, yeah, I travelled back and forth for, yeah, 13 years to still play out in the country. It's amazing that you took that time to go yeah. back to the country and you probably kept your amazing relationships because of that as well. They, yeah. you know, Your friends and family would have felt that you didn't just leave them behind in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, Completely. That's well, awesome. I hope they feel like 
<laughs> we'll find out after this. You are TV presenter on hit music TV show The Loop and an integrative health coach and the co-founder of Girls Who Glow. Can you talk us through your career so far and how you got to this point? It's a little bit of a mixed bag, isn't it, when you say it like that? And it is a little bit of a balancing act. But basically, to sort of sum up how I got to where I am, I, I was at school and I was very confident at a young age. And I was like, I want to be a singer and an actress and a dancer. And to be honest, I wasn't really that good at either, like any of those things. And then I was in like year eight or nine and I realized that I loved when, you know, when a teacher would be like, all right, last minute, get up and just present about this. And that nervous feeling of like, one, I'm in, in front of the whole class. Two, I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You have that moment where you either need to you decide whether to freak out a little bit, be nervous, half commit. It's really awkward for everybody, yourself and the people watching. It's just awful. Or you commit fully and you fake it till you make it and you walk away being like, nailed it, convinced them that <laughs> this is real. Or like, you know, I just love that adrenaline and it's something that I, I, I still love about presenting. And yeah, it was when I decided, you know what? If I did presenting, I could be in the entertainment industry, but I still get to be completely myself. I still get to, you know, talk about something passionately and I get to convey a message. So I was like, you know what? Presenting's for me. So I went through high school. Everybody knew that I wanted to be a presenter. Got to year 12 and I was like, wow, hang on. How do I actually become a presenter? Didn't think this through. So I look at all the courses and there's nothing that was going to guarantee that you're going to be a presenter. I could not go and study something and then walk out and, you know, hand that paper over and they go, sure, here's a job on getaway. Like <laughs> just wasn't going to happen. Nothing was practical enough. So I was like, you know what? There's so many other things that I'm also interested in. Health sciences was one of them. And so I thought I'm going to go to uni. I'm going to study something that I'm really into and then work at presenting on the side so that I always have a, a backup, you know? And so I actually went to uni and I did psychology and occupational therapy. I did that in Melbourne at La Trobe. And after my first year, I was like, hi to the city. Like I'm just, I needed to get out. I'd done high school there, done my first year. And I just hated it that you went to a lecture. There was 500 different people and you just never saw the same people. I was like, this isn't uni. I thought everyone like had a ball at uni. Like where are the parties at? So I transferred to Bendigo. Everyone was trying to get to Melbourne and I was like, bye, I'm leaving. Um, so I transferred to Bendigo, did two years there. So was coming into the, to the end of my psychology degree and I just thought, okay, I still don't want to be a psychologist. I've loved uni more than anything. I'm still really interested in practicing it, but I'm just not feeling it and I still want to be a presenter, but I've done nothing to do it. I've been waiting for it to fall on my lap. So I started doing some like volunteer work and, you know, I had family, like I wasn't getting paid. I was doing like three day things, just helping out on set, like being an extra, not getting paid a cent. So, you know, you have family and friends that are like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, honestly, Luke. And I said to them, no, I'm going to keep doing it because you have to start somewhere. It was somebody on that set who I would not know if I walked past them on the street that overheard me telling somebody that I wanted to be a presenter. And they sent myself and 20 other people an online application to a nationwide search for two new ABC3 hosts. So ABC3 is one of the biggest kids channels, shows in Australia. And my two dream jobs was to do kids TV and to do a travel sort of situation. So I've looked into it and I was like, oh my God. This is my dream job. Like even more than I ever thought a kid's show could be like 
Wow. And so I looked and I saw that 6,000 people had applied the last time and I was like, fat chance, like here I am doing psychology. <laughs> and I thought, no, this is the mindset that got you nowhere. So I, I thought, just start. And so I sent in an audition tape that was ridiculous. Didn't think anything of it. Got a call up, got told that I had an audition. So I rock up to the audition and I thought from my stalking that I had to be able to rap. So I get there knowing I can't rap, but thinking you've got to. And it started like this. Yo, my name is Livster and I'm a hipster. And then it just got even worse than that. I know it's hard to imagine. And so every sentence I had to stop and say, so sorry, can I start again? And the camera was moving and I thought that it was chasing me. So I ended up pinned up against the back wall. It was just horrific. The whole day went along those lines. And then I left and I was like, bye everybody. Have a nice life. That was woeful. Two weeks later, got a call back. They'd taken one girl and guy from each state. And I was the girl that they took from Victoria. And I was like, I think there's a fault in your system. <laughs> anyway, rock up. This time I turned up for my improv, improv piece um, dressed as a sheep. Not, not a sheep costume. I was covered in cotton balls. I don't know why I didn't think hire a sheep costume. And I did this stupid piece about aliens abducting a sheep and spent the rest of the day doing audition scripts and at the end of the day they pulled eight of us in and they said thank you so much for coming let's just go around the circle and just tell us your past experience and I was like dear lord <laughs> this is my time to lie I'm not a liar but I'm just gonna say that I've been in something so everyone's like I've been at NIDA for the last like three years someone else is like I've been in this ad this movie and I was like oh my god and it gets to me and instead of the white lie I was ready to tell I was like I've been in Bendigo studying <laughs> psychology. And they're like, cool. Any any experience? And I was like, mm, no. But had a great day. Good luck, everybody. Thanks so much for having me. And I left. And I got a call saying that I got the job. And I told them that they could take it back. But they, I said to them, sorry, can I just ask how I got through the first round when I was rapping? And they said, yes, it was terrible. But... When you, I begged them to give you another chance because I wanted to find that girl that was in the audition tape. And I said, when you walk back in as the sheep, we said, there she is. And we can mold you to whatever we need. So that, my friends, is how I got into TV. I learned everything on the job. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just loved it. I loved that I was learning again. You know, with psychology, I loved it. I loved uni, but I wasn't, I was doing what needed to be done to you know I didn't feel like I was learning whereas in a job that you love you just are getting all this new information so I, I did that for three four years I just adored it and then yeah I auditioned for The Loop which is a music show up in Sydney and um, I got that and have been there for three years now and you know I'm so so lucky to call call that a job you know get to talk about music and have fun and yeah so that's that's what I, how I got into TV that is so awesome. I Seriously, I mean, I have tears rolling down our face because oh, that story is gold. I don't think um, I've giggled so much with someone's story. Oh, my God. I just have so many flashbacks of just like, what was I thinking? And do you know what? They they kept it an ongoing joke. So for like four years, it would constantly be like, Liv's rapping segment because they knew that I just tense up, no words would come into my head and I just, no, I, could just, I just couldn't think of anything. 
So I'm a laughing, like, I just don't that. Oh, I love that so much. And there's little bits of that I can actually relate to because I, all through school, wanted to be an actress. Yeah. And I started studying acting when I was probably 13. My mum put me in these summer schools, um, like acting classes, um, my brother and I, and I just loved it so much. And I think it was just something about being outside of your comfort zone. And I was never a confident reader, um, so it just, it did, it really took me out of my comfort zone so much. And I did it until I was about 21 and, but at the same time was doing the university degree where wow. I didn't really have any friends and it was just like, I'm doing this because, you yeah. know, I, mom and dad were like, you don't want to wake up at 30 and not have a job. And I was like, okay, <laughs> kudos to you Would for you really following that. No, I think there's a part of me that misses being outside of the comfort zone, but I don't think acting is where I wanted to go in the end, but it's it's such great skills. Like comfort zone and like being complacent in a job is something that I've promised my, like I made a secret promise with myself that to never get that. And and with ABC3, like I just adored it so much. I had so much fun and the crew and the present, everyone was like my family, but deep down I knew that it got to a point where, you know, I could glance at a script and just be ready you know like mm-hmm. I was I was I could do it with my eyes shut and that's not yep. being arrogant that is just like any job yeah. that you become so comfortable in I knew that it was time and I was like you know what I promised myself that I wouldn't get this comfortable and complacent mm-hmm. and so it sucks because then you start a new job and you start at the bottom and yeah. you're like damn it why did I leave the top but you then, you know, you sort through that and you come out so mm-hmm. much stronger from it. Absolutely. And I always just try to remind myself that like amazing things don't come from comfort zones. Yeah. So it's always, you know, you've just got to put yourself out of that. To, that's where the magic really happens. So oh, yeah. it can be, it can be scary though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> can you talk to us now about your new project, which is Girls Who Glow? It's so exciting. So yeah, like I said, I did psychology and then I, when I started in TV, I actually did an online course, Integrative Nutrition. So you come out as a health coach and everyone in that course was like, they just knew what they wanted to do. And I was like, guys, we're three months in. Like, why so organized? I was just trying to get through my lectures and work a full-time job. I was like, one step at a time. Anyway, so I constantly be like, everyone knows what they wanted to do, whether it be like um, start a business or be health coaches or bring out a product or do cooking class. I was like, I just need to focus on work as well. I don't know what my demographic would be. I don't know what I want to do. And then, so I had this real passion for health and well-being, uh, mental health from, you know, like psychology side of things. I loved presenting. I had a real passion for, and I still do, just balanced living. You know, I've never, I've never been on a diet. I've, I skipped the lectures on calories. I refused to teach myself a calorie, what calories are. Everything from exercising to food, it's all about balance for me and also just having as much fun and being as playful as possible. So my, I think I had a big passion for wanting young girls to be like that because it's moving more and more away from it. It's becoming about being the hottest thing on Instagram and the sexiest shots. And so I had all these different passions that I kind of didn't realize I could merge. And then I was getting all these messages from teenage girls on anything from uh, bullying, social media, body image, eating disorders, anxieties, huge depression, uh, studying for exam, everything. And so I would write back to all of those and I got this one, one morning at 6am, I sat on my bedroom floor crying, reading this mess. It just, it took it to a whole new level. It was this huge message and I just, it broke my heart. And I spent an hour sitting there replying and just being really moved by it. And I went for a quick walk before work and it was one of those 
light bulb moments of just being like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. Why haven't I thought of it earlier? I want to create workshops for young girls that incorporates not just my passions and all the fields that I'm interested in and my studies and the media and my contacts in the industry, but for a day to empower young girls to live their healthiest, happiest, best life. And so that's where the idea sort of came from. And then like anything, I'm sure you guys have been in this situation where you have this idea that you're just more excited about than anything. And then you get scared and then you doubt yourself. And then you're like, hang on, where do I start? Oh no, I'm not capable of this. And so you go through this cycle of ups and downs. I then got the job at The Loop and moved to Sydney. So then I got caught up in all of that. And I just, I didn't know how to start. And then I met my beautiful friend Teagues, who um, Teague and Nash, she was on Saturday Disney. And within seven minutes of chatting, I had she was studying nutrition as well. And we both had these presenting backgrounds, the same demographic, the same interests, the same passion. And I was like, do you want to do this with me? She's like, we just met. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> and we were just so excited. And, you know, we started working together and it just made it a dream. And I'm sure you guys find this, you have someone holding you accountable. You have someone to bounce ideas off. You have someone to have fun with it and just to share it with. It was, you know, we combined our demographic, our passion, our contacts, everything and swallowed your ego or your pride for just a second and didn't compete against each other. We're both presenters. We could be, you know, going against each other for the same jobs, but instead we were just like, just join forces and make this twice as awesome. So that is how it started. And yeah, they're they're full day workshops now for teenage girls covering nutrition, exercise, body image and social media, relationships, a toxic friendship, self-worth, mental health. And then we finish with like goal setting and gratitude. So it's it's an action-packed day with the most incredible guest speakers from actresses, presenters, Olympians, uh, inspirational speakers, you name it. They're there and just so excited to empower these girls. That honestly sounds epic and I can just imagine how the girls would feel yeah. after a day of listening to such amazing speakers and yourself. Yeah, I it's can imagine. Just, and I think and what something Teague and I have said, you know, we've done that dream sort of came about four years ago. We've only been doing the actual workshops for a year. You know, like I said, it was just this motion of can I do it? Can I? You know, and then when Teeks and I joined forces, we went through that a bit as well. And just, then we just set a date and just made it happen. So over the year, we knew these, Teeks was getting these messages as well. We knew they existed, these issues. But when you're now hearing it and seeing it firsthand and these beautiful, gorgeous, innocent teenagers that are just, you know, the online bullying, the self-hate is absolutely soul destroying. And just hearing their stories and their struggles firsthand, it just, it drives us more and more like pretty heartbreaking but also very special to see the transformation even just in one day and then the response afterwards and how they're working on themselves constantly is just the most beautiful thing that we could possibly hear yeah that's awesome i've been really lucky enough to be studying at the iin um since november to become a health coach yeah could we be more i know seriously (laughs) and it's honestly been the best thing that i've ever done in my whole life because i've just learned so much that about people that haven't done the course might not have 
heard of primary foods and secondary yes. foods, but basically primary food is, you know, your career, your spirituality, your exercise your and your relationships. Yeah. And if they're not all in line and balanced, it doesn't matter what you eat. It doesn't. It really it doesn't. It really doesn't. And I've actually noticed that in my in my life um, personally, you know, I I preach health and well-being and balance and all of this stuff and I don't deprive myself of absolutely any food, but I love healthy food and, you know, nourishing my body and I love exercising. And when I moved to Sydney, actually, I just stopped sleeping. Like I just thought I always had to be go, go, go. And I was just fitting a thousand, I still do, but like a thousand things into my day, but I was neglecting the one thing that is actually kind of the most important, which is rest and sleep and you know, that was fine even for a year kind of thing. And then I started to notice that like I was, you know, I never put on, I was never fat at all, but I was, I was just holding weight and like fluid and I was just becoming a little bit narky and things just weren't right. And it was kind of not until, oh God, end of sort of last year that I like realized how much I neglected it. And it becomes hard because you've got into a pattern and a habit. But once I started to like work through that and I sort of use meditation, trying to teach myself it, you know, I noticed just how much I was running on adrenaline and how much that had affected me without even realizing. So it's a slow process to try and like get yourself back out of that. But yeah, it's just so true that if you're super unhappy in your career or your relationship or you're constantly running on adrenaline or not resting or you're unhappy happy that there is no amount of kale that you can eat there's no amount of exercise that can outwin that absolutely i honestly feel like that course needs to be taught in schools to young kids and and teenagers and it's amazing that what you're doing and getting into the schools to teach girls because that's something that will actually impact their lives yeah i've got an eight-year-old little girl and a a one-year-old yeah i've got two girls and your workshop would really impact lily's life so please keep doing what you're doing there well oh so gorgeous and that's the thing do you know what parents are just so scared you know like one of the most common questions that we get asked when in any like sort of PR that we do I suppose like any interviews that I've done or or just meeting parents in the street or whatever it is they're just like what do we do you know like it's it's petrifying because you know and I don't want to put it down to just social media but with the rise of that and um parents are just kind of like they don't know what to do with the bullying or my daughter's not eating or um, whatever it might be. It's like, how can we help? And my answer to that is like, I can't, get, I, can't, I can't tell you because I'm not a parent and that would be very, I don't know, just wrong for me to be like, this is what I do as a parent, lies. Um, and so you know what? The reason that we do the workshops is so that we can be that person that hopefully your child confides in or with that big sister, that friend, that sort of, you know, we can relate to them. And so we're not trying to, you know, teach parents, but we're trying to be, you know, if they're not confiding in you or connecting or whatever it is, we want to be that support network for them. That's awesome. So your ultimate bucket list is to inspire young girls to live their best life. Yes. And as I've just said, we we really love that. What are some of your tactics for ensuring you're always being the best version of yourself? I am a big believer in looking after yourself is just, it's not self-indulgent. It's not, you know, I think as soon as you make yourself a priority, you can just give so much love and energy and positivity back. And I think that's something that I've always tried 
to work on, especially as I believe that my personality or my energy is actually what got me to where I am either professionally or personally. It certainly wasn't my rapping skills or (laughs) anything like that or my presenting skills because I had zero. So I know personally that, you know, even when I went for the loop, it was like, okay, we're hiring you kind of for your personality rather than I didn't have all the music knowledge in the world. So for me, it's really important that I nurture that energy. And so it's making sure I do all the little things that make me happy. And I'm just such a believer in that it doesn't have to be big, expensive things. Like for me, it's getting up at 5.30 in the morning and going and doing some exercise at 6 and then jumping straight in the ocean or going for a surf. It's making the same chop chip cookies healthy by the way every single night like that's just my thing or like sitting in my egg chair they're just weird little things that but they're mine that's what makes me so happy and you know when people get me to describe my perfect day it makes me smile because it actually involves everything that I pretty much do on a daily basis and that's because it's achievable doesn't cost a thing you just you just got to do it so yeah that's that's a big one and also gratitude is something that you know, every day I was at ABC3, I would walk in and sit up at the chair, like at the desk that we would do our presenting at. And I would just be like, oh my God, I can't believe this is a job. I'm so excited. And then the cameraman and everyone used to be like, oh, here she goes again. Liv, it's been three and a half years. Like, when's this going to end? And I go, I just can't believe this is our job, that we get to hang out with our best mates and have this creative app. Like, we're so lucky. And, you know, I, I kind of watch my co-host who was probably a bit a bit more over it than me. And because I was, ha- like, so grateful for it and I was so happy to just be there, that's what led on to more opportunities. Because you walk into an audition or you walk into a meeting or an interview with this good energy of just like, you know what? If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm really happy. Or like, so yeah, I think protecting your energy and doing things for yourself that make you happy and also just being really grateful for where you're at right now. Oh, I love that so much. And I love what you're saying about just go in there and fake it till you make it. Amy and I actually say that to ourselves all the time. And it's been definitely a trend with us from very early days in our careers. So I think it is, you know, so important to nurture you and what you are capable of and what you can bring to something because everyone has, you know, individual qualities and it's, you don't have to have the same qualities as someone else, but it is really nurturing your qualities and your energy and just owning what you're good at and exactly. being confident. That is your magic. And that's what scares me watching these teenage girls. Everyone's trying to be the same as each other and mm. everything, you know, that they're seeing on social media and it's airbrushing their faces and pinching in their stomachs and distorting their bodies. And, you know, they're desperately trying to be somebody else. And the scary thing is that that, that just seems to be growing But I'm just such a firm believer in staying authentic and that's something that I work on every single day because you can start to get swept up in, oh my God, hang on, If I maybe if I was doing what that person is doing, I'd be getting more work or that's what I should be doing. And it takes such a conscious effort to be like, no, what got you here in the first place? It was you being you. It was you being a stupid sheep thinking that aliens were coming to get you. It was your quirkiness, your goofiness that got you to where you are. Don't let that go and... That is what I want to inspire young girls with, to be themselves and to have that magic. But, you know, a prime example of that is when I started at The Loop, I thought that I now had to be this cool, edgy TV, music TV host. And so for sort of a couple of months there, I was a completely different person. I was straighter, you know, I... 
I was trying to be cool. And the fact is, like, I'm the least cool person <laughs> in the world. No, no, like, not even just saying that. I really am. And so it got to two months in, and like, I honestly didn't like the job because I was watching it back then. I don't know who that is. And it got to a couple of months in, and you know, even more. And I thought, I'm really, really unhappy. Could be just because a lot of things have changed, but I don't know who I am and I feel like I'm just fake. And so I got to a point where I was like, I either quit or I go back to being myself and see what happens. If they don't like it, that's fine. I tried. So I went back to being goofy, clumsy, you know, just saying whatever came into my head and just really uncool. And the producers were like, who's that? <laughs> and why didn't you do that from the start? And they were like, you know what? It's just own that, you know, you're the, like, sort of weird, quirky one. And your co-host is the cool, straight, you know, edgy one. And I was like, cool, okay, <laughs> let's run with that. And that is what I've done now for the last three years. That was the moment that I was like, remember that time that I uh, tried to be someone cool? <laughs> that failed. <laughs> so I guess for any young girls who are listening and haven't been able to get to one of your workshops yet, but are really probably struggling a little bit at school, if it's either, you know, in a friendship group or trying to fit in on social media, what would be three tactics or tips that you would give them that they can inject into their life every day to make sure that that bit of pain or struggle eases a little bit? Oh gosh, where do you start? I think something, firstly, you know, I think it's a really special thing to either in the morning or at night to put yourself in a positive mindset and um, I'm sure I'm not sure if you guys do I'm extremely guilty of this and uh, I know that a lot of people listening are as well first thing or the last thing we do is check our phone and scroll I think to put us in a good mindset for the day it's really beautiful to write down three things that you're grateful for or three things that you're excited for three goals just something to put you in a really good mindset with in terms of if you are going through something big or small, you know, everything's relative to you. So don't ever doubt yourself or think you're not normal. Uh, we, I think anxiety and depression, but is so extremely common and to, you know, know that it's okay not to be okay, but also to get professional help. So go and speak to your school counselor or whether it, if you, you know, feel like you can talk to your parents, amazing, but reach out to somebody because talking about it just lifts the biggest weight off your shoulders and know that it will it will get better it will at some stage get better and what would my last thing be my last one would be hmm I think it's yeah the the comparison really kills me it really really does you know and that's something that we really try to show in these workshops is that you have no idea what is going on in someone's life just because they have a million followers or likes on a photo or have this perfect airbrushed, you know, photo. That is not a true indication of somebody's life, their feelings, what they're going through. And so as hard as it can be, and we're all guilty of it, comparing your life or your body or whatever it is, your talents to somebody else on social media is really harmful and just to constantly be mindful that they have been manipulated or you have no idea what's happening for the rest of that person's day or the story behind it so yeah I think just being very mindful of that 
um, is really important for young girls. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think anyone listening really can take something away from that. I think almost sometimes flipping that on its head and other people being aware if it's in the school or in a workplace or you actually don't know what someone else is going through and you don't know their struggles. So it's always about being kind to people because you don't know if they're struggling with their own mental health or what's happening in their homes. So it goes back to, yeah, don't compare, but also, you know, be conscious of other people and what they may be going through. 100%. And like, it's something I've almost felt a bit guilty of myself, like if we're being 100% honest, because I've always been so, so determined to keep my Instagram, for example, very authentic because one, I don't want to get caught up in it. Two, I don't want to be fake. My dream is to inspire young girls. I want to be as authentic and real as possible. So I try and put up a mix of family, friends, work, health, the ocean, things that make me happy and stuff that I actually do. But, you know, lately I I have been going through a really hard time and it's been like really cruddy and some really awful things happening. And I felt bad because I've been looked at my Instagram and been like, well, if there are times that I'm posting in the last week or two, I'm not ready to share that. And I don't want that. I'm not ready to share that on social media. So there might be like a fun photo from a while ago, or, you know, if it's a story, it might be a beautiful ocean swim, but no one, no one knows what's going on, you know? And it's that guilt of being like, I don't want to deceive people, but also sometimes you need to keep things private. It's your personal life. It's really that, you know, remember that regardless of what you're seeing, Mm -hmm. someone could be having a really, really hard time. So be kind and ask people genuinely, are you okay? Check in with your friends, but like actually listen to the response. Mm -hmm. That's something that I think we all need to be constantly aware of. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. (laughs) So with a background in psychology and health coaching, would you call yourself a spiritual person? And if you do, do you have any spiritual practices? I love that. You know what? I I think we're all spiritual in a way because I think spirituality is like a spectrum of so many different things and so many different beliefs and to so many different degrees. I I would say that to a degree, I'm definitely, definitely spiritual and I'm a big believer in like the universe having your back and what you sort of, this is probably more in the last year that I've kind of gotten on board with that, but just the the thought of like manifesting and like, you know, thinking of what you really want to happen and that kind of thing that the universe does know what's best for you. And sometimes things can be really awful and the universe is secretly like, this is happening for a reason. (laughs) Like you didn't get this for a reason or like, this is the path for you. But like, believing in that is something that I think you know I've always believed everything happens for a reason as hard as it may be there will be a reason this Mm -hmm. happened and I've always then been like whether it be six months or a year later being like oh that's why that happened Mm -hmm. so I'm a big believer in that and I've also like I said before been trying to like work on meditation and just slowing my mind down and being more present because I think that's actually super super important and no not exactly spiritual but I think it's just yeah connecting with yourself which can be really scary so that's where I'm at guys to the universe (laughs) we are very much on the same path there so before we let you go Liv we'd love to ask you some of our favorite questions oh goodness we always find that we get some gold here so what would you say is your number one health tip health tip is to have fun exercising never perceive it as a chore 
If you do, find another exercise. There's a big list. (laughs) And what is something that we can all do to bring more balance to our life so that the hustle can be healthy? I hate to say it because I'm actually so bad at doing it, but learn to meditate. My goodness, it makes a difference. But like I said, it's a work in progress for me. Um, But yeah, that's been the biggest game changer I've noticed in the last six months. Yeah. yeah, awesome. We both, yeah, are definitely into meditation. And it's funny, through all of these interviews and everyone we meet, it's very much a reoccurring theme. So, yeah. I really, yeah, like I said, I'm not good at it, but I know that we're out of time, but can I just let you know what happened at the end of last year when I said to um, myself, okay, rest needs to become a priority. My boyfriend, fabulous that he had taught himself to meditate, and I was always like, have fun. Like I've done yoga for so many years. Like I just can't meditate. Why even bother trying? Because I can't slow my mind down. And then he said to me, he was like, please just, I'm going to do this online course. Like just do it with me. If you can, if you can do it, you can, if you can't. I sat down, I did five minutes and weirdly like slipped into it. I went to work and I was like, I feel fabulous. Halfway through the day hit me like a ton of bricks. I was exhausted like couldn't function almost had to leave work that happened for so I then did it with him every morning and like would listen to this little thing and for three four days I just could not function I was that tired and then on the fourth day this teacher said so for those of you that have a balanced life and you know you'd be feeling energized from this you know meditation course for those of you that don't sleep run on adrenaline juggle way too much and live a very stressful life, you will feel like you've been hit by a bus. And I was like, yes, it's me, help. And she was like, because you've run on adrenaline for so long, it's like your body's detoxing, trying to get back to this like level state. So I was so far up that it was like this detox process. And she goes, it could last for three days. It could last for three weeks. Mine lasted for a good three weeks. I'm talking an emotional wreck had to just leave things like leave events leave work like go home and like rest and I've never been like that it was so hard to stick with because it was such a like yuck process for me but I stuck with it and then you start feeling the benefits and it's scary to think I was that far you know adrenaline state um that you know wow I I get it now like I get that is why you have to meditate to bring yourself back down definitely and it's it is so gross doing oh <laughs> it's so scary to think I actually got in a bit of a state like that um at the start of last year I'd had a few different changes happening in my life and yeah was just totally running on adrenaline and I was like I was probably trying well I was probably the healthiest I'd been as in you know eating super clean I was riding my bike to work I was doing all of these right. things and I was like oh, there's just like, I don't feel right. Like, and you know, my back was really hurting and I went and saw a few different people and got onto this wellness coach. And he's like, you were actually running on adrenaline, like 99% of the time. Like you're just constantly, unless you're sleeping, you are just fully running on adrenaline. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not like, no, I'm not even in a stressful job and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I can see it in your body, like in every movement in you. And I think sometimes we actually don't even realize that we're in that state until we can really step away from it. So how did you sort of 
Well, one, I actually quit coffee, which was a huge thing for me because I'm probably like, I'm very energetic and out there person. Yeah. So I didn't need coffee. Um, and I just really tried to slow down my life. I stopped putting pressure on myself as well. You know, if I woke up and didn't feel like riding my bike to work, that was fine. Like I can drive the car. I've got a car or I could walk or I, Instead of, exactly, I think I'd put so much in my own head about like when I have a job in Melbourne and I'm going to ride and I'm going to exercise in the morning and it was almost like I was creating so much pressure for myself but then being so disheartened that I didn't feel any better yeah, it from it. joy out of it. You're constantly stressed. Totally. Jam-packing your life. Yeah. Because I think, do you like believe that we're in the society now where it's like to be successful, you have to be busy. Like oh, this like, totally. notion that we've created where yep. it's just when did we become the busier you are, the more successful? Mm-hmm. Like, no. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's totally what it was. You know, you, I was in Melbourne in this fast-paced environment yeah. and everyone's succeeding in their careers and I was all of a sudden looking at it thinking, hang on, I'm where I've wanted to be for so long. Like this is all I wanted and I'm actually really unhappy and I don't yes. feel that good. So I think definitely slowing down my lifestyle and meditation has been a huge thing. Yeah. My yeah, fiance has a electrical business and we both now meditate every single night. And yeah, it's amazing. when we don't, we just don't sleep deeply. Like yeah. it's, yeah, it's definitely helped a lot. So yeah. what was the course that you did? Ziva? Ziva? I think it was. Yeah. Z-I-V. Like I said, I tagged along for the ride. Oh, yeah. My God, I couldn't. Re- I I loved her because she just kept being like, "Let the thoughts come in. It's mm-hmm. your mind's way of protecting. Don't stress." And I was like, "Oh, thank you for telling me I'm allowed to. You know that I'm not failing because I can't stop thinking about stuff." And yeah. then slowly, you know, um, I kind of you know go through a stage where you just completely fall off the bandwagon. Um, but it's something that I'm like. Okay, I know how necessary it is for me. If I want to cram a thousand things into my day every day, get up at 5.30, go to bed too late, um, you know, I need to be, I need to make that a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and she, I, what I loved is she explained it, and I can't remember the figures, but she sort of explained it as if like we have, say, you know, eight units, eight units of um, stress every single day. And when we go to sleep at night, you only sort of get rid of six or whatever. And so then the next day you sort of like, you know, in positive, you positive in stress. Um, and then the next day you add another on, but then you only still get the same amount, you know, release in, in sleep. And so each day you're adding on two units, two units, two units. So of course you end up in this high spectrum of adrenaline and stress because sleep can only take away a certain amount, even if you're getting the right amount. So she was like, whereas when you, if you do like quick meditation in the morning and afternoon, that's an extra, you know, two units each. Mm -hmm. So you actually start to decrease, 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 decrease. So it just, in my head, that made so much more sense. I was like, oh, I get it. (laughs) Yeah, I have been someone that meditates in the morning a lot. Mm -hmm. And just recently, I find that if I don't stop and try and meditate, even just for five minutes in the afternoon at about, say, three or four o'clock, by the time I get home from work and try and cook the kids dinner and get into, you know, my nightly routine with my family, I am just buzzing. I'm so wired. And so I have to try now to pause twice a day. And that has changed my life. How long do you do each one for? Well, I mean, 
It depends on the day. So yeah. if I get up early enough before my kids wake up right. and come and jump all over me, yeah. then I will do 20 minutes in the morning. Yeah. And then in the afternoon, I definitely don't have time to do 20 minutes. It might just be five minutes. Yeah. On a really good day when it's quiet, I might do 10 to yeah. 15 minutes. But even just five minutes in the afternoon is yeah. enough for I me. I think that's what I need to because I she said, you know, you can keep doing just like one, once a day. Um, obviously, it's still good. But like the real benefits you will you will see and the massive change is if you did like fifteen minutes in the morning and afternoon. Yeah. Um and so I obviously if I meditate, I only have been doing it in the morning and I just really need to get that afternoon one because yeah. I just don't sleep properly. Yeah. And I think yeah, that I, will really help. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I definitely notice a difference in my sleep at night. But I really liked what you said about it's not about stopping the thoughts. I think a lot of people get so almost sad. a bit yeah, yeah, frightened by meditation because they're like, but I can't stop thinking. Like I, I can't just sit there and think about nothing. And it's like, well, that's not what it's about that at all. It's not really possible. No. You're and never going to have a thought. Exactly. Like, if, you, if you can do that, call me. Yeah. Call me your secrets. <laughs> Us too, please. <laughs> but it is, it's just about being so grounded in that moment and allowing your body almost to catch up a little bit in yes. your yeah. mind. Like, it's a, yeah, it's like a little day spa for your mind. It's yep. just being like, we'll give you uh, just a little break because you are an overthinker and you need to chill out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you for chatting to us about that. And now this is my absolute favorite question. And oh God, I feel like, like <laughs> and I was like, let's talk about this for half an hour. No, that was great. We love meditation. <laughs> so it's always good to go into that. But this one, I think you're going to nail this and I'm excited oh, to hear what you say. Pressure. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, I find this question really, really hard. What would I tell my younger self would be, you know what? I think it's something, yeah, that I know now and like we we're talking about before about like the universe is to your back and blah, 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 that everything is happening for a reason and everything will happen for a reason. And you know what? To just go with it, your your final mark, you know, at the end of year 12 is not going to define you. The friends you have now, um, you know, you can you can cherish those or, you know, if you're getting bullied now, that's that's not going to last. Like, Things will get better. Things do have a purpose. And, yeah, just trust in that. Trust in that you will end up exactly where you're meant to be. So, you know, for, for anyone out there, or if I'm talking to my younger self, um, you know, if things are hard at the moment, just know that, you know, you'll end up where you're meant to be. And it'll get better. That was really beautiful. And our very last questions for all the foodies listening today. Oh, yes. What does a day on your plate look like, Liv? Okay. Um, so I am addicted to smoothie bowls and I've made the exact same one for the last six years. So I have like a green, super thick ice cream consistency smoothie bowl in the morning with every topping under the sun. Oh, for lunch varies massively but like or maybe some leftovers and then dinner is either i eat salmon like six times a week <laughs> it's quite an addiction that i need to address um like salmon and and heaps of veggies or like a big vegetarian curry yum love myself some veggies yum. love myself some salmon so good oh. I like your plate already. It sounds delicious. Oh, like, I eat a lot of chocolate and, <laughs> and, and treats 
all around those nails. (laughs) Good. I love hearing that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We've absolutely loved chatting you and getting to know what makes you so fabulous. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much for chatting. No worries. And we're really excited to continue to watch your journey with Girls Who Glow and, yeah, spreading your message because it's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'd love to hear your feedback and the guests that you would like to hear from. So please feel free to send us a direct message via our Instagram page at The Healthy Hustlers. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review and subscribe so you can keep up to date with our new episodes each week. For a dose of weekly happy, healthy news, you can subscribe to our newsletter via our website at thehealthyhustlers.com. Until next week, make sure that you're investing in yourself to keep the hustle healthy.